The murder trial for Austin police officer Christopher Taylor is nearing an end. The place jurors were taken today before they decide his fate. Unseasonably warm weather this evening, but it won't last all week. Wind temperatures get colder in first warning weather. And a look at elections in Texas and around the country. What it means ahead of tomorrow's GOP debate and the 2024 political landscape. Well, the jury in an Austin police officer's murder trial left the courtroom today to explore the place where it all happened. Along with them, Austin police officer Christopher Taylor returning to the spot where he shot and killed Michael Ramos in 2020. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Marino. And I'm Britt Moreno. Today, we wait for a verdict. Our Grace Reader just stepped out of the courtroom to break down closing arguments, which just wrapped up. Grace, what's the latest? That's right, that was wrapped up just about 10 minutes ago. The jury has now left the courtroom. They are in their jury quarters and they are discussing how long it is they plan to deliberate tonight before going home, getting some rest and likely coming back tomorrow morning. Today, they heard closing arguments. We'll start first with the state who put a picture of Michael Ramos on the stand in front of the jury. They once again walked the jury through this scene and reminded them there was nobody in front of Ramos's vehicle when Officer Christopher Taylor shot and killed him. They said several times finding Taylor guilty is not dishonorable to the field of policing, arguing instead this is about a case where a man was shot and killed unjustly. We are here today to ask that you all follow the law. And all that we're asking is that you apply the law in this case which we believe that this defendant shot and killed Michael Ramos when there was absolutely no reasonable basis for doing so. Meanwhile, the defense's message is the only thing that matters here is Officer Christopher Taylor's perception of the threat. They called state evidence a distraction, said that the state left evidence out, and pointed to discrepancies in that evidence. Doug O'Connell, one of Taylor's attorneys, even told the jury this was, quote, a political prosecution. You cannot convict Chris without the evidence rising to guilt beyond all reasonable doubt. That's the highest standard in the legal system. And I respectfully submit, we're nowhere near that in this case. Before closing arguments today, attorneys brought the jury to the Southeast Austin apartment complex where this shooting happened, something that legal experts have told me is very rare. I'm told the state filed the motion to do that and the defense agreed it would be beneficial. So despite seeing many videos of this scene and digital recreations from both sides, the judge allowed it. As for what happens next, that's up to the jury. Again, they're going to go back to the jury room here. The alternates in this jury have been decided. The jurors are going to decide how long they want to deliberate tonight. The judge has a allowed them to stay as long as they want, or they can go home and come back tomorrow morning. We'll be here either way, guys. All right, Grace Reader, thank you very much. And no trial today for the Caitlin Armstrong case. She's accused of killing pro cyclist Mo Wilson in 2020. Colin Strickland took the stand for most of the day yesterday. He was Armstrong's boyfriend at the time and spent the day with Wilson before she was killed. Judge Brenda Kennedy ruled testimony will resume tomorrow.
You're looking live at the state capitol where there is breaking news tonight. Texas lawmakers just started their fourth special session shortly after wrapping up their previous session, number three. Governor Abbott called lawmakers back after special session three came and went without passing a school voucher-like program or border security. So it means in this next one, the leaders are going to face those same hurdles. Our Monica Madden is at the capitol with more after a 30-day impasse in the House. The question is now whether this fourth time can be the charm. There really is no guarantee that this won't be a groundhog day, but at least this go round, the House is starting this fourth special session with its education omnibus bill ready to go. Now, keep in mind, Republican leaders at the start of the third special took weeks to introduce their omnibus bill, which includes education savings account program, as well as teacher pay raises and an increase in the basic allotment for public schools. But the ESAs are really the key reason behind that impasse that we have been seeing, which would be sending public dollars to private schools. One of the key Republican negotiators tells me that he thinks this time a different bill will be the game changer in getting this passed. It's a better, cleaner piece of legislation. It is not just an ESA. It also has, uh, you know, it has a lot of school funding. It has uh, accountability uh, changes. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of things in there for schools to like. There's a lot of things in there for parents to like, for teachers to like. The coalition of two dozen House Republicans and all Democrats against ESAs have not publicly signaled a change in heart. Now, remember, the Senate promptly passed this along with a separate public school finance package. But the upper chamber never agreed to a compromise. House Democrats today remained defiant in blocking ESAs from ever passing, telling Governor Abbott to quote, read the room. If you look at the Texas Constitution, it doesn't give the governor blanket authority to bring us in whenever he feels like it. It's for extraordinary circumstances. What is extraordinary about losing vote after vote on this topic? Some important context, the Texas Constitution was designed to have limited government, which is why lawmakers only meet every other year for the regular session. This time will be the first time in Texas history that lawmakers meet for more than three special sessions in the same year of a regular session. At the Texas Capitol, Monica Madden, back to you. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, feeling a little bit like spring here in November. Temperatures very warm and a lot more sunshine today than the cloudy day we had yesterday. Delicate shades of pink and blue here in the sky on the Rock and Dirt Yard cam down in Buda. Temperatures in the 80s pretty much area-wide. 81 in Johnson City, 85 right now in Kingsland and in Cherokee. In the Austin area, lots of readings right at 80 degrees, including downtown. 83, though, in Lakeway. A little warmer there, east of I-35. Lower 80s and some mid 80s up in Buckholtz where it's 85. Coming up in your forecast, we have one more pretty extraordinarily warm day for this time of the year tomorrow, but then things change. We've got jacket and umbrella weather starting on Thursday. We'll time out when your temperatures drop and how much rain is heading our way. Thank you so much. Well, voters across the country are heading to the polls today for state and local elections. There are some particularly competitive races happening in a handful of states that will signal the nature of the current national political environment ahead of 2024. And this just one day before Republican presidential hopefuls prepare to square off in their next debate tomorrow night in Miami. Here's NBC's Alice Barr. 
as Republican presidential candidates prepare to take the stage for their next debate tomorrow in Miami. Voters across the country head to the polls today on key issues with national implications for 2024. In Ohio, a ballot measure that would enshrine abortion rights in the state's constitution, driving passionate response. How dare they try to take away the freedom of more than half of the state of Ohio. Uh, this is not a, a thing that the government should be involved in. Is the question of reproductive rights something that's going to be a motivating factor for you in the next elections? Yes, yes, I, I think life is sacred. And so, man, whoever, like, whoever stands up for those who, who can't stand up for themselves, that's gonna be a big factor in who I choose to vote for. Potential bellwethers in Kentucky. Are you ready to win this election? where Democratic Governor Andy Bashir tries to hold on to his job in a bright red state, and in Virginia, where Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin is hoping for a full GOP legislature. Voters are going to come out today and they're going to help us hold our house and flip our Senate. Wednesday night's Republican debate features a slim down field of five presidential hopefuls. An opportunity for hopefully a more productive debate. Home field advantage for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, fresh off a key endorsement from Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds, who said this about the frontrunner, former President Trump. I believe he can't win. Mr. Trump again choosing to skip the debate after taking the stand in his civil financial fraud trial. In Miami, Alice Barr, NBC News. And here in Texas, voters are weighing 14 constitutional amendments, many of which look to create or modify funds for things like gas-fueled power plants, broadband infrastructure, and state park maintenance. Now, one of the amendments will bring some property tax relief. You can read about all of them online at KXAN.com. The war between Israel and Hamas continues on. What's happened in the month since the attack? And the country's largest black tech conference is headed out of Austin. Uh, the community hopes the move out will move up the diversity in tech. It has been a month since the surprise Hamas terrorist attack that Israel says killed 1,400 people and led to 240 people still being held hostage in the Gaza Strip. In return, relentless Israeli airstrikes have killed more than 10,300 Palestinians, over half of them women and children. Over one million people have been displaced in Gaza. Today, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's war cabinet says ground forces are striking hard into Gaza. Israel is also facing new threats with around 30 rockets launched from Lebanon into Israel yesterday, both by Hezbollah and Hamas. Today, almost two dozen more. This as the U.S. government says they believe 400 U.S. citizens have now made it out of the Gaza Strip through the Rafah border crossing into Egypt. And back here in the States, a dueling protests over the Israel-Hamas war turned deadly in California after a Jewish man died from injuries he suffered during an altercation. A warning, these images may be disturbing for some viewers. Police say 69-year-old Paul Kessler fell backwards and hit his head on the ground on Sunday. Witnesses say he had gotten into a physical altercation with a counter-protester. Some say he was hit by a megaphone. Kessler was rushed to the hospital where he died yesterday. Medical examiners say he died from blunt force head injuries and his death has been ruled a homicide. No arrests have been made, but authorities have identified a suspect who stayed at the scene and told officers he called 911 to help Kessler. Well, temperatures today back here at home, more than 10 degrees above normal from morning through afternoon. Not far from a record high today, and tomorrow looks similar. But after that, some colder air is coming. We'll have your first warning forecast next. 
The country's largest black tech conference, Afrotech, is moving to Houston next year after hosting it here in Austin for the past two years. Our Jayla Washington shares what one local group is doing to try to keep the momentum going, giving more black people in tech a chance to keep building connections. The major black tech conference, Afrotech, will have a different city backdrop next year. But its two years in Austin helped inspire. It's just been incredibly refreshing. It's, it energizes me to keep going. Nick Hollins with the Black Professional Alliance, or BPA, works in tech. And his organization fought for it to stay in Austin this year. We already knew that it was, you know, in the cards and just a part of their, I guess, business model to, you know, change from city to city. So he wants people to know there is still a similar but more permanent networking opportunity that BPA just launched. It's called Black in Tech Group. It is a sort of a solution to, I guess, not having Afrotech here every year. 100% because uh, additionally these resources by and large will for the most part be free. Um, Afrotech does have uh, a charge to it. So, um, you know, I think with this being something that's, you know, sustainable throughout the year, you will get similar access. We're talking things like workshops, mentorship opportunities to help people move up in the tech world locally. Just 7% of black people making up the tech industry currently. There's a lot of people ask, well, what's the purpose in doing this? In order to have people patronize black businesses, you need people to have disposable income to do so. Um, tech and other professional uh, you know, industries provide that, but you need those folks to stay here. Jayla Washington, KXAN News. And going in depth on this, during this year's South by Southwest, Dr. Tana Session, an HR diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant, gave a presentation discussing diversity and business. It was called Driving Diversity Forward with Data. Dr. Session talked about data and research showing how DEI initiatives help recruit and retain employees and creates two times higher cash flow for workers. Research compiled by her team shows greater diversity in management helps companies earn 19% more in revenue and companies with board seat members who are not white or are women have a higher year-over-year -year revenue. Still, Session says only about 30% of executives view DEI initiatives as a top business priority. Well, another warm, albeit beautiful day, but I yes. think we're all kind of excited for the cool <laughs> time that's coming. It was nice to get that little taste of winter yeah. a week or two ago. Yeah. Now we're going to get another one later this week. I was trying to show you this a moment ago. The high temperature, you didn't get to see. My graphics were acting up just a bit. It was 85 today, just four degrees shy of that 89 degree record. Now we're setting up for an early and beautiful sunset. The sun goes down in 20 minutes. Still getting used to this time change here after the weekend. Beautiful shot from Westlake Hills. There's downtown. Just a few scattered clouds. 80 degrees on the Lorenz and Lorenz 360 cam. Mold allergies a little bit more problematic today, but mold, fall elm, and ragweed are all still low in their concentrations. You can always check that when you wake up if your allergies ever bother you. That's on KXAN.com under the weather tab. Clear skies here locally and another warm day tomorrow, but here come the changes. Some rain mixing with mountain snow in the mountains outside of Salt Lake City tonight. This rocky storm system is coming our way, as is a cold front, which is still getting set up in the Intermountain West. It's in the 80s right now from Austin to Dallas, but that cold air is going to make a huge difference in the weather starting two days from now. So let's talk about the rain first, then the temperature drop. Here we are under mostly clear skies this evening. By tomorrow morning, some low clouds and light fog build in. They may be most widespread, as you see here, from Austin westward from the edge of the hill country out toward Llano and Mason counties. Tomorrow, beautiful day under a mix of sun and clouds, but late in the day as the sun sets, clouds start to increase as the storm system rolls our way. 
Thursday is going to be a different day, certainly with more clouds, more rain and falling temperatures later on. Here we are at 6 a.m. with the cold front starting to nose into the northern hill country by 9 a.m. It's through much of the hill country. Just before lunchtime, the cooler air is starting to move into Austin. Remember, this is not tomorrow. This is on Thursday. Eastern counties, you guys get that cool air wind shift by Thursday afternoon. It's not terribly wet immediately with the front, but slowly and steadily later Thursday evening and into Thursday night light to moderate rain becomes very widespread as moisture overrides that cool air at the surface doesn't like look like we'll see any big storms no severe weather certainly just some nice cold soaking rain into Friday morning Friday the rain exits to the east we're thinking but the clouds and the chilly weather hold on not only that rain, but a little more rain coming over Veterans Day weekend should yield an inch to an inch and a half for most of us over the next seven days. No doubt we'll have a few higher totals than that. Those are most likely east of I-35. The temperature drop, this is the best timeline we've got here on one of our high-resolution models. Thursday, a warm start area-wide, but here comes the cool air into the hill country by 9 or 10 a.m. Into Austin by lunchtime. Notice our eastern counties have a warm start to the day Thursday. Then temperatures start to drop there as well. By Thursday evening, temperatures falling into the 50s, maybe even some 40s later on Thursday night. And this is going to kick off an extended five-day stretch starting Friday with highs only in the 60s. Far cry from the 86 that we'll enjoy for just one more day tomorrow. So overnight tonight, how about low temperatures in the 60s? Obviously unusual for November. 67 with some light fog and mostly cloudy skies by morning. Tomorrow, mix of sun and clouds, very warm with a south wind at 10 to 20. 86 is your forecast high. Then we should hit 74 late morning on Thursday before the temperatures slowly drop through the afternoon. A likelihood of rain Thursday into early Friday, then a few more showers with mainly gray skies over Veterans Day weekend. Early next week, another little storm system overrides that cool air, keeping rain in the forecast, especially on Monday. Hey, KXAN's Friendsgiving Challenge is ramping up this evening, and I need your help. I'm starting to close the gap as Team David catching up to Team Kristen. Grab your phone, scan the QR code on your screen, and make a donation now for the Central Texas Food Bank. We're trying to kick off the giving season by making sure everyone in Central Texas has food on the Thanksgiving table. Together, we've already raised $20,000 thanks to you, our viewers, but we're trying to make it all the way to one hundred grand by Thanksgiving. Great work, David and Kristen. Well, coming up, construction on I-35 is creeping up on us, and the funding also creeping up. Just how much the plan to build big bridges over the highway could cost. Right now, Election Day in America, and the critical questions being decided tonight that could draw a roadmap to the White House a year from now, and a mournful anniversary for two communities scarred by the deadliest wildfires in modern American history on Nightly News. With construction on I-35's downtown expansion just around the corner, city leaders got a closer look at some of the funding estimates and timelines for the proposed cap and stitch system. Now, those caps are the deck plazas that will sit on top of the sunken highway. They can support two-story buildings as well as green space, art pieces, and other community amenities. Well, next month, the city council is expected to allocate $15 million for design work on the caps. And then early next year, officials will learn whether Austin's plan is slated to receive a $105 million federal grant to support building the caps. In total, all the proposed caps are estimated to cost more than $500 million. Right now on KXAN.com, our digital reporter Kelsey Thompson breaks down some of the different funding options on the table. 
We'd like to share stories of inspiring women here in Central Texas, and we need your help. Tell us about a remarkable woman in your life. You can go to KXAN.com to nominate someone from your community. Look for the Remarkable Women tab on the front page or point your phone at the camera or your camera, I should say, at the QR code on your screen, it will lead you to the nomination page. And we're taking these nominations through the last day of November. We'll pick four finalists and feature their stories here on KXAN. Our local winner will travel to Los Angeles, where the National Remarkable Women winner will be chosen. All right, coming up tonight on KXAN, we've got two hours of The Voice starting at 7, followed by Found at 9 p.m., and then we're back with KXAN News at 10. Join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin, and here's where to find us.